Be good. <laughs> Dadgummit, folks. You've done it again. Landed on the Monkey Tooth Podcast with Andrew and Tiffany Couch. Here we are right now in Alaska. We've made it. And boy, what a journey. We are on a lake. Chilkut Lake, I think it's called, outside of Haines, Alaska. Which is, um, I know I keep saying it, but man, it's just absolutely beautiful beautiful here i uh, just uh, we're, we're on this gorgeous lake surrounded by mountains there are waterfalls everywhere the lake kind of feeds into the inlet uh there's just i mean nothing but gorgeous scenery in every direction uh there are no bears here yet the salmon are not totally running there's just a few salmon coming through, trickling through every day, but the bears are not out here at the moment, um, mercifully, because Tiffany and Pele are wandering around out there. I think the most dangerous thing out there is a mosquito at the moment. I'm sure there are bears nearby, but they're not just sitting here at the moment, so all's well. Uh, we've been hiking, having a great time. Uh, it's just, we're so, so happy to be out here. And we're very, very happy you have uh, joined us for this journey. The podcast has been uh, a lot of fun and uh, I'm I'm just thrilled to be able to bring you this guy that you're about to hear from today, our guest Gary. We met him on Salt Spring Island and this is one of those examples of why we wanted to do the podcast in the first place. We uh, were preparing to meet with uh, uh, one of our previous guests, if you, you've heard, Michael Abelman. Uh, we had some time before uh, his interview, and we were just walking around the town of, uh, God, what, I don't remember what the hell the name of the town was, but on, on Salt Spring. Uh, really, really cool little little town, downtown area. Um, and there's this great shop that, uh, that had all kinds of wool items and uh, just sort of stuff from around the world. Um, we walked in because it smelled good, honestly, and he was cool with Bailey coming in. And uh, the guy... Uh, it, if you know me at all, you know I tend to have just older friends. All my friends are a minimum of 20 years older. Maybe not all, but a lot of my friends are about 20 years older than I am. Uh, and I, we met Gary and immediately headed off with the guy. He's very friendly, very kind. And it is a story of, well, first of all, he just kind of invited us over for dinner. Within 10 minutes of talking, we told him, what we were doing. He thought it was cool. And, uh, he's like, well, why don't you come over for dinner tonight if you're not doing anything? So we were not doing anything. So we said yes. And, uh, he's just a fascinating dude. He's, uh, one of those people who went from being kind of a wild youth, uh, to, to, to being this just sweet, calm guy. And the things that have brought him to those, those conclusions, uh, that, honey is a better 
better thing than vinegar. Uh, it's intense. I mean, he's gone through some, gone through some shit. It came out on the other side, a real charming, soulful, interesting character. Um, yeah, uh, his stories are great. I mean, uh, yeah, you'll you'll just hear. I won't say anything else. You'll hear from Gary. Um, quick update on what we're doing. We're going to go from Haines, Alaska. We're going to uh, drive up into the interior, wander around, uh, make our way towards Anchorage, uh, Homer, maybe Valdez, um, and then later on back north up to the Arctic Circle, Fairbanks, and then wind our way eastward out of the state, um, back through you know Yukon, BC, Alberta, uh, and down into the states. So we've got kind of a plan formulating. So if you're anywhere on that route, and uh, you've got people that you think we should meet, or you want to meet us, or whatever it is, um, shoot us a note, mtp.dog, and you can contact us through there. Or check us out on Instagram at Monkey Tooth Podcast or Facebook at Monkey Tooth Podcast. And uh, you can continue to um, follow along on our journal. I'm writing a journal, trying to get something every other week at least written in the journal, posting pictures and sort of telling stories and giving, uh, I don't know if it's travel advice, that might be a little ambitious, but uh, giving our insights into the places where we have traveled. So yeah, check those out. Uh, and you know, I got to tell you the people who've supported us on GoFundMe and Patreon, it helps. Thank you so much. If you are interested in doing either of those things, you can go to GoFundMe.com or Patreon.com and you'll find us in there forward slash monkey tooth. We're there. Uh, and you can give us a buck a month, which I think is like 25 cents an episode. Um, that's not a whole lot of dough, and it makes a difference for us. So yeah, if everybody was doing that, it'd be it'd be amazing. Uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're we're good. Everything's fine. We're not begging for money here. I'm just uh, just putting it out there that if you want to support us in any way, shape, or form monetarily, those are two good ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, you can also leave us a review on iTunes and just say nice things to us via an email however you want to do it we appreciate it all right i'm going to shut up talking here um about about all that sort of stuff i do want to tell you we've got a couple great episodes coming up tiffany did her very first solo podcast where uh, i just got to be the sound engineer um i just sat there and she talked to this incredible woman that we met from brazil who's driven with her family from brazil to uh alaska i think i mentioned them in the last podcast but Anyhow, Tiffany did a, uh, recorded a podcast with her, and it's really good. Um, we've got a great episode coming up with Frazee Ford, formerly of the Be Good Tanyas. A uh, great singer, songwriter, um, and just interesting lady. That's coming up next week. Uh, we've met some folks traveling from France. We've got a, pod- we've got a few podcasts in the can that are just... Uh, I'm excited. But I'm, i, I got to say, I'm, I'm particularly excited to, to bring you this one right here. I just, I really liked this guy. Uh, we had a great time, and he and his wife treated us like royalty. They made this beautiful meal for us, uh, took us all over their home and their property, which was amazing, uh, and just made us feel welcome. So if you're if you're out there and you're meeting travelers, this is something to aspire to. All right. So 
enjoy this. Share it with your friends. Uh, keep doing fun and interesting things. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. I hope you've not run out of stories, Gary. <laughs> He'll be here for a week. <laughs> oh, man. What is the name of your store? Again, Rainbow... Road Trading. Rainbow Road Trading. Are you cool with me using your last name? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're not looking for me now. So why don't you tell me why you just said that? (laughs) (laughs) Who is they and what are they not looking for you for? U.S. government. For shutting down a business that they wanted to take and build war rooms from. A technology that was built a long time ago before Google Earth. You developed that with Linux or no? No, it was actually based on um, um, one of the first real-time 3D tools, um, physics-based tools called from Multigen and Silicon Graphics. So that's what we based all the technology on. I don't know how any of that works. I mean, not a single <laughs> bit of it. It all sounds like the most terrifyingly complicated Techno nightmare. Well, for my partner, it was really easy. He was a really smart guy. He worked at Silicon Graphics. That was his first company he worked for, but um, he had to do something on his own. So he built the first real-time 3D globe for NASA, for NASA's Goddard's um, Virtual Reality Center. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about that. So you could, what, go from the moon to your house? You could actually fly from a mile out of space. It was actually Tom Van Sant's first cloud-free image from uh, space imaging. Um, that you could fly from a mile out of space all the way through multiple levels of detail of the earth all the way down to a foot of Seattle. And you could actually, it was you had to put a, a pair of sunglasses on, a 3D headset, and you had a pen. So if you spun the pen forward or backwards, you could fly through the earth through the bathymetry of the oceans, or you could go back and fly through wherever you wanted to go. You just spin the pen and the earth would just float with you. Wow. It was What con- year was that? In 1976, no, 86, sorry. In 86, 87, yeah. What sort of, like, I mean, how, was it like pictures? You could actually see pictures? It wasn't just Oh, you could see the whole earth. Yeah, and it, and it would flow, and you'd go into the water, so you'd see the mountains through the oceans wow. and stuff, too. So That's incredible. Yeah. And what did they ever use it for anything? Yeah, they actually um, used it in the Smithsonian. It was... Um, um, a demo that was there for a number of years at the Smithsonian. So you can actually go and use it at the Space Center. Yeah. We'll just uh, go ahead and head east now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll forget forget going north and south. Yeah. Wow. We're going to the Smithsonian. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So you're from Toronto, you said? From Clarkson, Clarkson. now Mississauga. Yeah. I know where that is. It's oh. on the lake, okay. Lake Ontario. So Very nice. And you lived in L.A. when? Through the 80s. I made it through, um, very fortunately. I have no nose cavity left, but I'm still okay. Yeah. (laughs) I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't even really know where to begin with you, man. You've had us over for this lovely dinner. Uh, Thank you. I mean, total strangers just showing up on a... We met you for 10 minutes at your store. Yeah, it was great. So yeah. you guys are you have great energy, so it's really easy to know who has good energy, and it was really fun to have you guys over. Uh, man, a delicious meal, salmon, uh, mushrooms, and broccoli, and it was great. But so yeah, we're we're sitting here in your house, 
and we've talked all these incredible, I mean, your story has gone from uh, watching Prince record Purple Rain. Yeah, at Sunset Sound with a buddy of mine. So uh, I don't know if I can use his name, but anyways, and his uh, best friend was Mark Brown. He went to high school with him. That was Prince's lead guitarist. So it was interesting. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was fun seeing the music scene in L.A. in those days. Yeah. I mean, of all artists to see, Prince was It was amazing because I, I didn't realize, and I don't know if most people realize, that he actually played all the instruments and he sang all the voices on his tunes. He played everything. He did the drums. He did the whole works. No one else did anything. He was incredible. That's so amazing. Yeah. I mean, particularly when you think of how complex those tunes are. Yeah. I mean, the, every part is, it's not like some straight... For for, you know, yeah, it's really complex, moving all over the place. Wow, but he couldn't <laughs> play basketball. He couldn't. He wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, you'd go play at his house or at the studio. Didn't they have like a? Yeah, they had a hoop at the studio. So yeah, we play when he was in the recording because no one was allowed <laughs> inside when he was actually doing the recordings. Yeah, and stuff, so that's yeah. great. When you developed this technology for NASA. And you had to leave the country, leave the U.S.? Uh, it was actually Bush got in the second time, and that was it for me. My son was going to go into high school, so I said, yeah, I just, it was time to leave. And I, I wasn't going to sell a technology to the military. I just would not do that. I'd rather shut the company down. I had no idea. I didn't want anybody getting killed with technology I built. So I don't blame you. Just not in me. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't know what... Uh, if the U.S. government right now offered me a bunch of money to somehow buy this podcast, yeah. I'd, I'd probably sell it to them because there's zero harm that can be done <laughs> with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't imagine having something, you know, that sort of Oppenheimer sort of worry over your head that you've created something that could be used to kill so many. Yeah, well, we did some of the Scud missile launches <clears throat> back when the Scud missiles were going across. We did the 3D models for ABC and NBC at that time, too, so... That was interesting because they wanted to actually do it virtually instead of real Scud missile launches. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> it was really weird. And what was your role in that in the company? I was a founder. Um, I was vice president of sales and marketing business development, basically. And I, I needed to raise money, so I hired a gentleman called Mark Hayes, who was uh, formerly the vice president of sales and marketing for Steve Jobs for Next Systems. And he was the first sales rep ever hired at Silicon Graphics. So good guy. Um, we actually did really well until, you know, this all happened. So yeah. it was time to shut it down and leave. Well, it seems like you've taken a drastic turn from that sort of high-paced, wild lifestyle. <laughs> so we're we're sitting in your beautiful home. It's I told you earlier, it looks like a gigantic version of our van. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, really much nicer than our van. Uh, woodwork everywhere. You're on several acres, beautiful sheep and uh, yeah, little rescue dogs. ranch. Yeah, and you've got this very calm, measured, enthusiastic demeanor that I can't. I maybe can picture you raging in L.A. in the '80s and being wild as hell, but uh, I just can't see it now. What What was the thing that happened in your life that made you such a calm, sweet guy? And let me just tell you, there's a song out there already written about this by Leon Redbone, a Big Bad Bill. 
uh, sweet William now. I know the song too. Yeah, that I kind of, I'm kind of <laughs> feeling that. I love Leon Redbone. Yeah. Sorry, it's great. No, I'm feeling that vibe from you. That Big yeah. Bad Bill is sweet William. No, I got taken down by a doctor, and so that's what had to bring me to calm. I can't get upset. Uh, it bothers my head, so I'm just chilled now. It's really nice. We grow all our own food. We process everything. So we rescue sheeps, ducks, turkeys, donkeys, and last year over 70 cats. Wow. And do these just live here? They're yours forever. They're well, they live them. here and we spay them and catch them. We trap them every year, all year long. We've got three kittens in our bathroom upstairs and we've got four kittens over in our tool shed next door. So. What are you worried at all about, like wild songbirds and that sort of thing? They, the cats don't catch them. The songbirds are in nature takes care of itself. Humans are stupid. Nature knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. The cats rarely catch a bird. The birds know that the the cats are here. So, and and, and anyone that thinks that cats are going to go kill a whole bunch of birds is just a whack job. Yeah, there's yeah. no you. You disagree? A hundred percent. Call bullshit. Yeah, on the whole thing. it's just it's just garbage. It's just humans being stupid again. Mm. Leave nature alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I've I've not had good experience with it. Like, I watched our neighbors' cats hunt the birds that would come around, but it may have been my fault. I could see it from another perspective. I had a feeder out and could attracted many birds that would not otherwise have been there, and so I I watched cats hunt those. But that could very well be my. My yeah, fault. where we are, you know, I see it all the time, and we rarely have a cat catch a bird here. Yeah. So, and the That's birds are everywhere. Trust me. Yeah, I can definitely hear them. There's yeah. a good variety. Birds of calls and frogs. The frogs will come soon too. So, it's oh, It's beautiful at night with the frogs. Just yeah, I love that sound. And in our garden in the summer, there are those tiny little frogs on every leaf there is. Yeah. It's just amazing. All different colors and shades. It's just That's beautiful. Great. Yeah, it's really cool. Magical sort of place you got. It is. We're lucky. So what, um, do you mind if I ask you what the thing was that the doctor? I had a lump on my neck. I was playing Masters Lacrosse and I, um, the helmet would rub on my neck all the time. So finally I asked him and he said, no, 20 minutes and it'll be gone. And it's the rest of my life. So no more running, can't jump and my half my head is just mush. So, but it's all good now. I'm up and walking. I went from 220 to 275 in about six months when this happened because I could cook for myself and I was eating restaurant food and stuff. And when I found a Chinese doctor and finally figured out I was going off the Oxycontin, so I went cold turkey and um, found a Chinese doctor that helped me with the acupuncture every every week and actually taught me a whole bunch about uh, medicine. And uh, he really saved me. Guy, he now has his own uh, school in Toronto, Ryan Brooks. It's uh, called Eight Branches. Um, but he's amazing um, as a teacher and as a doctor too. So, yeah, it was amazing. Now I'm walking and I'm fine. I have pain every day, but, you know, I got medical marijuana, so it works for me. And I've got a great place to grow it. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> you sure do. Sit back in your old rocking chair. You need not worry.
pretty much anything will grow here. Yeah, everything grows here. Yeah. yeah, we've got two fifty by fifty foot gardens on the property, and we grow all the food we eat for the year right in those gardens. It's amazing. Did were you exposed to Eastern medicine or predisposed to trying it from your youth, or what? What led you to that? I, I, you know what? The doctors just think they're in charge and they tell you what to do, and you believe them because they're supposed to be good and not a business, but they're a business. And with the pharmaceutical companies now, it's not even a business. They're drug dealers. They're actually drug dealers. And it's amazing if you go into an old folks home and see them sitting around all stoned. It's incredible. And you really don't need any of the drugs that they give you. If, you, if it's time for you to die, then die. You know, that's the way I see it. Um, anyways, I'd never take another pill in my life. I, I don't even, I won't take an aspirin even. So yeah. that's the way I am now. But were you, like in your youth, were you, did you care for Eastern medicine? Did you know anything about I it? I didn't know anything about it at all. No, yeah. I didn't need anything medicine. So, yeah. I mean, I never got sick and I was healthy as hell and I ran every day. I was a runner and I played hockey, lacrosse. I played football till I was 42. So, and I played lacrosse till I was 50 and I was going to play for Team Canada for world championships. And that's why I had the operation done. And now I can't even run. So anyways, yeah, it's an interesting life. Yeah. And that's why I became chilled. Yeah. That's what mellowed you out. Yep. Getting knocked off the, the competitive horse. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, I mean, how do you feel? I feel great. Yeah. You look like you feel great. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty relaxed. Yeah. I, I wonder about um, those life changing sort of things that happen to people. You know, they're very dramatic. Yeah. You know, we're, we sort of force dramatic things on ourselves. We have not, we've been so fortunate as far as dramatic so far up to this point. Who knows? I mean, exactly. <laughs> we seem to shove ourselves into dramatic situations. But having them shoved upon you and seeing someone coming out with like grace and style and coming on the other side of it without feeling a victim or destroyed by it. Like you took it and found a way to beat it with sort of the same competitive. Well, I found something else I'm interested in now too, and that's food. I had to understand how to heal myself. So that's what I did with food. So I actually became a vegetarian. I ate raw for two years. So, I mean, it was a huge difference in what I used to be. I mean, at the bar eating chicken wings and drinking beer every Sunday. And for 10 years, I didn't watch NFL football. And that was incredible for me. I mean, I bet every week. I had bookies and I was betting on every game. So, and I went every single Sunday and all that stopped, you know, when this happened. So, yeah. Not turned back since. I'm watching NFL now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe the new rules, though. I don't know anything about it. I'm the worst guy to talk to. Oh, about. yeah. I would be kneeling if I was them. Yeah? Oh, well, yeah, that's ridiculous. I know about that shit. That's, yeah. yeah it's crazy stuff. That, um, yeah, just, I got, uh, a friend of mine told me once, I didn't know who'd been in the Super Bowl, much less that it, it was over. Oh, yeah. It already happened. Yeah. I didn't know who won or lost. And my friend was so perplexed by it. He was like, well, I'm just going to ask you for that man card back. He couldn't believe it. He's like, I, I guess you're just not a human man. But, uh, well, there goes Pele. Pele's running after cat. the cat. Yeah, the cat gets in the barn, though. Cats are smart. Yeah, they know what to do. Yeah. I wish Pele were a little bit smarter and knew what cats would do back to him if he actually caught one. Oh, yeah. The cat's going to be vicious. Oh, man. If you've ever seen a feral cat trapped, 
There's nothing like it. I'm sure. It runs off the ceilings. It's incredible. They're so, they're amazing creatures. Yeah. The, their athletic ability and their strength. They really strength. are. Yeah. So why, did you love animals like this before as a child? Was that part of your... Oh, I did, brain? yeah. I grew up with a vet um, four houses down from me. And uh, Adrian, he had a terrarium, so we would catch snakes. In fact, we caught one of the largest milk snakes in Ontario. We had a record at one milk point. Milk snake? Yeah. I don't know about it. Beautiful milk snake. It's it's, it's the colors of a, a rattlesnake, but smooth. Whoa. In fact, I picked up a rattlesnake in uh, Arizona when I was golfing with some guys from um, Motorola. Um, they made me golf with them before they'd do business with me. So they were warning me about not going down to get your ball when it goes offside. But I got a golf club in my hand, so I just put the snake, the rattlesnake down over the hood, and I picked it up, and I walked up with the rattlesnake in my hand to the guys. i never seen guys oh, shift their pants so fast. Freaked out. Life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. And it was 120 degrees. My God. Golfing. So I just let it go, and they're going, are you? Kill it, kill it, kill it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's come a on. little snake. Yeah, leave it be. No, I had animals all my life. Yeah. We used to go on uh, uh, they call Rattery Estates in Clarkson. It was an old, uh, Colonel Rattery was his name. He built the place for his wife, then his wife passed away, but it was beautiful on the lake. There was every, every tree, apple tree, pear trees, everything. But in the woods and stuff, we'd go and we'd find these piles of cans and stuff and we'd open up the cans and here we'd get these 13 mice. So we'd put them in a, in a box and take them home to my house and then take them out in the bathroom and shut the door well one escaped so we went back to my friends um ken bishops and we took the mice and put in a cage at his place well there's only 12 there so that night i was sleeping and my mother was in the washroom and the mouse came out my mother screamed and ran down the hallway screaming her head there is a <laughs> oh, that was a rough day for me. I think oh, I was eight no. years old. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Mm. My mom reminds me of that every Mother's Day. I'll bet. Do you remember that time? So what? This might seem like a queer, weird question, but what do you think an animal is? Like, what? What do you think is the difference between a human and an animal? They have. Um, no hatred um, all they need to do is eat drink and sleep and they love if you love them all it takes is love and you can also you can tame any animal that's all it takes not to be afraid yeah and love like this big guy from yeah. Texas <laughs> it's Commander Cody so how tall he's like three and a half feet tall this huge three and a half feet tall and 170 pounds all white big furry ball of love all marshmallow <laughs> yep there's no hate in this guy at all doesn't look like it and he was terribly beaten mm. when we got him so yep you can heal any animal yeah you said you had some pretty interesting experiences with animals uh, through breathing techniques through qigong yeah you tell me about that um, part of my healing process was learning uh, healing Qigong and part of the practice was 
taking a year um, not to practice anything else but just standing and talking to a tree. Um, and I did that here on the island. So it would do a one or two hour meditation. And when I come out, I'd have deer standing around me, not 10 feet away from me and stuff. And another time coming across from Vancouver, I had a um, longhorned um, sheep come down beside me and then walk right beside me right down to the road again because I climbed up the mountain and did that. So, But it's interesting, animals just come to you. If you're not afraid of them, they understand and they know. So they're just going to come to you. And there's a great book that I studied. It was um, Four Paws, Five Directions, Chinese Medicine for Animals. So, oh, wow. So that's what I, how I learned to heal sheep and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I've been fairly skeptical of a lot of medicines. I mean, mm-hmm. not just modern medicine. I mean, yeah. I've certainly leaned on modern medicine quite a bit. I just had a surgery. And general anesthesia is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't have general, but I had a... a, general. Had a was it general? Mm-hmm. Correction. I had general anesthesia. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. I, I was real nervous and anxious about yeah. just being in a hospital. And he told me I had to partially intubate me. You know, so that brought up weird images of like my father, you know, dying in a uh, ICU. And it was just it was powerful, you know? Oh, yeah. And I was very anxious at the time <laughs> for a variety of reasons. And, uh, and they're like, don't worry about it. We're going to give you this medicine. You're going to fall asleep. And when you wake up, it'll all be over. And it's exactly what happened. Yeah. They were, I started asking the nurse some nonsense about if, whether or not she'd taken psychedelics. I was like, this kind of reminds me of a salvia trip. And, I, <laughs> and they just put the thing over me. I'm gone, you know. But, uh, and I woke up to them wrapping my leg up. And that's modern medicine. That's, you know, some very, um, we're going to band-aid things and fix, you know, allopathic method type yeah. of stuff which is it's amazing but it's it's all i haven't really known and then getting exposed to eastern medicines through massage and mm-hmm. all these different theories and techniques a lot of it just sounded bullshitty to me it just sounded f- fake you yeah. know it didn't sound real and the more i look at it um if you believe that it works for you it works for you. It absolutely does. And it's... it does so me calling it bullshit doesn't do anyone any favor. Yeah. It's it just it for a while did not appeal to me yeah. and didn't seem like a real thing, but I can now see why those systems much like the systems we believe in work because you believe they do. Yeah, and it's you know this Chinese medicine's been around for 5000 years and now we're bastardizing it because we're giving people acupuncture degrees and stuff when they don't even understand what energy work is, which is absolutely disgusting of the medical industry. If you want to be a TCM, you need to go be a traditional Chinese medicine doctor and understand about the Qigong and about working with energy. If you don't understand that, you're not doing anybody any good. So they've broken it up now and split it up and give people acupuncture degrees and stuff, which is just garbage to me. Because you want to go the traditional way. You want to go the old way because that's the way it works. I mean, doctors in China, they used to get paid when people were sick. Never. It's when people were well, they got paid. You don't get paid when people are sick. You get people when they're well. So it's completely different than the way we think. And the illnesses we're getting are just coming from everything the energy all around everybody and the food now that we're eating and stuff. So, I mean, growing your own food is such a great way to heal too. It really is. 
That's, so today we met with uh, with Michael Abelman yeah. just before coming over here, yeah. and he was very keen on talking about the intention behind the people who grow your food, yes. and what that effect is on you. Yeah, and you know he's not a you know um, traditionally hippieish kind of guy. You know he's a little bit more, uh, even though he's an organic f- farmer guy, he's a farmer, yeah. and he's got you know kind of a, but you can tell he's he's very sincere about it and and believes in the the heart and soul behind the food. He does it, for sure. Yeah. And what that does to you if you eat it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I remain skeptical. I think it's healthy to be skeptical of any of it, but at the same time, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to accept something that works. Yeah. It's, it's all a learning process too. Your whole life's a learning process. I mean, boy, if you're not learning, there's something what wrong. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we're enrolled in a very strange school at the moment, but we're enjoying it. Yeah. We're glad we're there. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Salesman talking to me, trying to run me up a creek so you can buy it. Go try it. You can pay me next week. Uh-uh. Too much monkey business. I too much monkey business. I too much monkey business for me to be involved in. So what's what's going on here on Salt Spring, and what? Why are you on Salt Spring? Um, you know why? It's uh, I I used to come here when I coached soccer uh, for my son, and all I got is to the soccer fields. And then someone in Victoria, when I was living there, said um, to go to Salt Spring, and I did. I wanted to see the whole place, the Saturday market. I wanted to see, but I picked up a hitchhiker when I first got here. I had a rainbow first coming across when I came across in the ferry. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then when I got here, I picked up a girl and her son, and she started telling me that this was a healing island, that the natives used to come here to heal. And so that's what I was looking for. So that day I found a place, which was absolutely amazing, because you can't find a rental on Salt Spring, but I got one that first day, and I moved in the next month. And I've been here ever since, and for the first two years, all I did was find open space and go for hikes. So I have found a Peace River School District bus in the middle of the forest on Mansell Road. No roads around, nothing around. It must have been a spaceship that dropped it in. I had no idea how it got there. But it had uh, uh, batteries hooked up, so it had a, um, a grow up in it. So they were growing up and all the empty old brown beer bottles, round brown beer bottles were all around the place. So no one had been there for years, but it was really cool to find. And um, other places I found the waterfalls in the south end. You know, there's a beautiful spot at the top of the mountain when you go to the top of Man, um, um, Maxwell that all the deers, it looks like a Christmas forest because all the deers have eaten the trees into Christmas trees. So it's pretty cool. There's so many beautiful spots now, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a special place. It yes. really is unique. And it's slow. And mm. all my life, people have been telling me I'm slow, so it's a perfect place for me. <laughs> <laughs> so when you got out of that company, and you just came straight here? Or no, you went to Victoria and then came Yeah, here. Victoria. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So you've been out of the States since, what, 2004? Something like that. 2001. 2001. Oh, yeah, yeah the September second. 11th happened, and I was already out, and I'd sold my place, and a lot of my friends lost their homes in Colorado when that happened, So, which is just terrible. I can't imagine. Yeah. Can't imagine. I was lucky to be gone of the country at that point, so. Yeah. Very happy. Good move. Yeah. And uh, 
we come to understand that this is a um, a good spot for draft dodgers. People who left the season. exactly. It's the first yeah. person I met was a draft dodger. Actually, going on a walk in the morning, about three houses up from me, and they were from California. So it was really interesting to actually talk to him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. My dad got drafted and had, mm-hmm. and had to go, and yeah. um, he had uh, he had had rheumatic rheumatic fever his whole life as a child and couldn't play baseball. I was like physically limited, but then his uh, family physician said, you can go fight in Vietnam and become a Marine wow. <laughs> and sent him to boot camp. And it prematurely aged his heart. Um, oh, God. And he had to have one of the very first mechanical valves ever put in a human heart. But um, now I do not remember why I'm telling you this story about my dad. Sorry. <laughs> Vietnam War. Vietnam War. Dodgers. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just, I always wonder what would have happened to him if he would have just said no. no. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going. I met so many vets when I was in California, too. In fact, we used to run with one every morning. And he'd wear his, his old boots, his black boots on the beach to run, <clears throat> which I thought was really strange. But, you know, unfortunately, he saw so much and he would talk to us about it and he just he committed suicide. So, and so many of them did, too. So it's just, Feel terrible. I'm sorry. I don't believe in the military. Yeah. I, I I don't believe in the military at all. I would never fight for anybody. But if you want to fight me, if you hit one of my friends, then I'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, yeah, it's crazy because you don't know the person you're killing. So why would you want to kill him? And why would you do it because you live in a country that tells you to go to war? It's just nuts. People are crazy that way. I just I don't understand it. We should take all the military and all the nuclear weapons in the world and just get rid of them all, especially for the schools. I mean, you guys, I'm sorry, in the States, I just feel terrible. I was down in Colorado when Columbine happened, and it was terrible. I mean, I had friends that had kids killed, so it's just it's just ridiculous. The gun laws are ridiculous. It's The guns just have to go, and they're building them so they can kill more and more people, so it's just it's nuts. Well, it's yeah. like the pharmaceutical. They're just building them to sell guns. Yeah, I just I think, think if you're going to fight a war, guns. let's get Trump and whoever he wants to fight go and fight the war. Just the two of them. Since he's dodged the war five times, you know, I think the leaders should fight. You know, just get two guys go out and fight. Well, there's an economic incentive to war that is ugly. Oh, it's yeah. incredible. It's the same yeah, economic it's incentive about. you it's complain about, about in I medicine. Know, it's all about money. I mean, I lived in California with the aerospace industry. There's no aerospace industry. It's a military industry. There is no military. There's no aerospace. Sorry. And NASA is a research group for the military. That's what they do. Sorry. That's the way I see it. I, mean, <laughs> I, I like the bit of NASA where they educate kids and... That, you know, the programs that NASA comes up with. I've learned some, I, like, I follow NASA on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I like their site. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, you know, I like but I, I do like NASA, but I, I, to your point, I think that is, I mean, I think if anything, what we learned from uh, Snowden and from Glenn Greenwald and all mm-hmm. the people who researched this and blew it open yeah. uh, is that none of it is for any other purpose but the government's. Yeah. Will, yeah. I mean, it it sounds so conspiratorial and to to say that, but they're so tapped into everything in your life. Yeah, and, and the, it's just the reason that I don't vote, and I would never vote. I could never ever find anybody to vote for because no one believes what I do. I'm just human, and that's it. I don't have any gods. Gods are just made up crap. Doctors are made up crap. Anything in front of your name is made up crap. All you are is a human. 
There's no colors. There's no nationalities. Every nationality has been blown up and taken over by somebody else and murdered and stuff. So all we are is human. And that's what you want to be as human to everybody you meet. And that's the unfortunate part is so many people just can't be human. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, they're worried about what kind of human they are. And and I've been guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been guilty of it. Sure. We're all yeah. flawed. It's none of us yeah. are perfect, but I I get it. Yeah. I'm definitely just, not perfect. So. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the idea that we're all humans and that we've, we've created um, divides, uh, it, there was probably a utility in it in our early evolution, mm-hmm. you know, but we've certainly evolved past that. I think, yeah. I think we have at least the reason and and compassion. We we have so much access to compassion. I think if each of us realized how human everyone else is, yeah. you couldn't be violent to someone yeah. you didn't know for. You know. I think so too. Yeah. If you're going to talk to them, yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Well, so you're out here. You're basically. A draft dodger. <laughs> you're an escapee of the U.S. government. Uh, I mean, you did sort of, in your weird way, dodge a con- you know, being conscripted to working for the military. Yeah, I you did. Know? You kind of did. Yeah. Because once you start a contract like that, you know, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's hard to get out. Yeah. In fact, I had to leave my partner kind of uh, out there and blind. But holding the, yeah, holding the bag. But he closed the, closed the company down shortly after. Yeah. He couldn't really keep it going. So. Well, I think you made a good choice. I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place to be right now, so. I love it. Yeah. I mean, we're we're having an absolutely amazing time here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Canada has lived up to the hype of being a friendly place. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's, Sorry. Yeah. that's what we do a lot. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, I've, I've been <laughs> noticing that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a neat impulse. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we feel bad. We're Canadian. <laughs> we met a Canadian guy at this lake in Washington who told us... Uh, I can't remember some sort of veteran thing. He was like, well, all our ancestors did all the fighting. We don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. And he's like, it's already been done. We don't have to. Yeah. We, see, we, the way we see it is if you want to fight, you go play hockey or lacrosse. <laughs> get it out of That's your system. It. Oh, get it out of your system. It's easy to do. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll take the fight, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. I have no desire to fight. Never been much of a fighter. Have you been in a lot of fights? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. You, I, I was, see you got a boxing bag out there. Do you do you box still or you're not able to? Do I, I don't. I I use the bag, the heavy bag, yeah. just to, just to stay strong. Yeah. 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 What um were you you said a goon? You yeah. Were, that was a goon. Were you starting shit or were you just like I finished it. Right. I usually finished it. Yeah. I was really mouthy. I was loud and obnoxious. <laughs> That's why they picked me to do it. You know, I had a couple of uh, Hell's Angels teach me how to fight. Really? Yeah, and uh, when I was 16, so um, playing junior lacrosse. Wow. In hockey, so. So you were, you were, you were the goon, like in the, in the hockey sense. Again. Yeah, and I had guys, you know, a lot stronger than me and a lot, you know, bigger than me, but I was mouthy and I was fast. I was a little guy. So in grade nine, I wrestled 98 pounds. I was five foot three. Wow. And in grade 10, I wrestled 108, you know. Um, yeah. And, so you're uh, kicking butt. Well, Light, I, strong. I, I knew how to wrestle and stuff. And then when I grew and all these people picked on me, <clears throat> that was bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And I did some of the, um, Ty taught me a lot of um, 
karate stuff. He was a black belt, so oh, that's we would fight once in a while just for fun. So. Spar type of fighting? Or? Yeah, sparring fighting. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun to spar with him. He was a, a triple black belt when he was like 16 years old. Oh. Yeah. But the way he could drive a car, yeah. He was, he was nuts. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> he would take his car and he'd go straight at a brick wall. And three feet away, he would slam on the brakes, spin the tires, and he would end up an inch away from the wall. He took me out on the salt flats in California a bunch of times with a car, just spinning the tires and going around and showing me how you could actually go around somebody in a car, like if they were parked, and you could drive around and, and stop on the other side. It was wow. He was just was he the stunt driver guy. He right? was he was yeah. a stunt man. Yeah, he was um, what's his name, the six million dollar man stunt man. Oh, uh, um, almost said Bruce Jenner. It's definitely no, not. No. Lee. Lee. Lee Majors. Lee Majors. Lee Majors. Yeah, yeah. Lee Majors. he was his stunt man for the a bunch of shows. So. Yeah, yeah. It's not Bruce Jenner. No, not anymore. <laughs> there is no more Bruce Jenner. <laughs> but that may have cost. That may have cost six million bucks. Is that was the point yeah. I was making. The minimum of six yeah. million has been spent on that man. It was a dumb joke. I'm sorry. It was a dumb joke. I couldn't. I couldn't resist. But so, <laughs> he was his stunt stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Stick shifts and safety belts, bucket seats have all got to go when we're driving. In the car, it makes my baby seem so far I need you here with me Not way over in a bucket seat I need you to be here with me Not way over in a bucket seat Yeah, we were at the Beverly Hills Hilton one time And they have a, a wraparound um, staircase from yeah. the top down to two floors. Yeah. And Ty goes, watch this. So he falls down the stairs the whole time doing flips and falling and falling and doing flips <laughs> and stuff. And he lies and he's just lying there dead and people are going, call 911. <clears throat> I walked up to him and I grabbed him by the hair and picked him up and we walked away and people were like, oh, what happened? It was, it was, it was really good. Oh, that's amazing. It was funny. That's a great, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> stunts. That's a that's a different kind of human being. It, it is. Trust me. He stopped being a stunt man when he put a motorcycle through his stomach, a motorcycle bar through his stomach. He went through a pool. Pool broke, and he landed on the next floor with the motorcycle stuck through his gut. So, yeah, he's had so many friends of his die. You know, I can imagine. Yeah, it's Some amazing. Rough ways. So now he does stunt cars. He leases stunt cars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we have a buddy who did did that, and he wanted to be a driver, stunt driver. He's like, they're like, kid, do you want to live to be thirty five? Yeah, forty. Yeah. Don't be a stunt driver. But now he teaches people how to drive. Yeah, like his little stock car, and teaches people. You know. Yeah. Wow, I, I just can't. I've I've been in one car accident, um, mm-hmm. driving, and I drive like an old lady. I drive really slow, <laughs> really really slow. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not a fast driver. I you just know, lost the. I'm not either anymore, but I was. I can imagine. My mother taught me. When we would go to Florida, my dad would go to sleep, and I would stay up with my mother to drive at night. <laughs> so she would not let a truck pass her 
No car would pass her. She says, Gary, don't tell my father. Don't tell your dad. But she would not. The truck would pass. She would pass that truck. She would get up the nerves and go past that truck again. It was hilarious. And, and when she watched wrestling, you couldn't sit beside her. Because she would try to put a hold on you. She would start throwing her arms and stuff. Oh, yeah. It was really... And still, if she's watching sports, she oh, got to be careful. Oh, my God. She's 92? She's 84. 84. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> a great image. Yeah. Scary woman. Still. Mm. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Where does she live? She's in Minden, uh, northern Ontario. She okay. lives at a cottage that my uh, grandfather built 62 years ago. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. She's got 300 feet on the water and stuff and yeah. a little sauna there that he built too and that. So it's it's a really nice spot. Yeah, it's pretty rough in the winter. He said him. he was a great builder and like a... Carpenter, built, yeah. And he uh, built the first automated key system for this hotel in Toronto. So uh, he's, yeah, he's a pretty interesting guy. Yeah, I can imagine. Taught me how to fish, taught me how to shoot, taught me everything. So yeah, I was really lucky that way. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Having a, a real elder around to show you what to do yeah that's yeah. pretty that's pretty cool yeah it really was now you have a son i have a stepson yeah 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 dallas he's in toronto dallas in toronto <laughs> got it <laughs> <laughs> so you got a kid in texas his name is toronto yeah uh, <laughs> he plays to... music yeah what does he play guitar and yeah. sings yeah very cool yeah. they do a lot of that in texas yeah, they do. <laughs> they sure do. It's really bad music. Though. It's cowboy music. <laughs> so, are you um, are you retired? What do you, What do you? Yeah, call I retired ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. But now I work at the store, so I'm not retired. Yeah. And then I started doing the market. I used to do sauces and stuff from everything we grow here. So, mm -hmm. but I get it's just too boring. So I'm writing a cookbook. Moving on, doing yeah. something else. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of this cookbook again? Men are jerks. <laughs> we can't help it. It's part of our nature. I want you to tell me some of the names of your sauces and chutneys and pestos. Uh, Marmagotlade laid Scottish style. It's a organic Valencia orange marmalade I do with brandy in it. Nice. I do a mine's better pesto because if you make pesto, mine's better. It's spelled M-I-N-D-S. <laughs> I do a tie me up hottie peanut sauce because the two girls that work with me at the market were both hotties, so I named it after them. Very nice. <laughs> well done. I do a uh, rude barbie goes to Bollywood. It's a rhubarb barbecue sauce with uh, kind of a chutney added to it. Nice. Um, what else do I do? I do a uh, blackberry lies matter chutney. Very nice. So, yeah. Um, where else are we? I don't know. I do a fragois. It's actually a fava bean that tastes like a fragois. So, um, anyways, I just wow. just do fun stuff. Yeah, Come sounds pretty head. good. Yeah, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> and the rude barbie is really nice. The rhubarb yeah. barbecue sauce. Yeah, it's really nice. The uh, the chutney you were telling me about this uh, cilantro. Oh, Harry Potter. It's called Harry Potter chutney. Yeah, Harry means green and. Indian, so I call it Hari Potter. Potter. Yeah. It's a mint and cilantro from my garden. What else is that? Thai chilies, uh, brown sugar, um, uh, lime marmalade that I make, uh, kefir lime leaves, 
and vinegar wow. and olive oil. And just thyme. So let it sit. Yeah. You just you, you cook it, blend it, and then just freeze it with the Thai chilies and stuff in it. Um, and it's really, it's really nice. Yeah. It sounds great. And that you've made it all from your own stuff. Yeah. That makes it even cooler. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I could ask you a million questions. We've been talking for hours. I know we haven't <laughs> talked on the podcast for hours. I should have just brought the thing in and set it up while we ate dinner. But uh, now, um, you're married, right? Well, we're not married. It's a fake marriage. It's we fake got marriage. married by a Buddhist nun on our property. Oh, it's totally here. fake. Yeah, totally it's, fake. A, it's a fake marriage. <laughs> She's still married. And I'm still married. So um, we're both separated. So, but you're together. Ten years. Yeah, we're but, together. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. Partners now. That's what Salt Spring people call it. Your partner. It used to be Bed Spring Island is what they used to call it. Mm. <laughs> well, we got to go. Gary, it's been nice seeing you. We're going to head on down to the beach. <laughs> They're running. No, not that long. Maria, <laughs> come down here, nighty. <laughs> That's great, man. Well, I'm going to turn this thing off. Um, great. Is there a message you'd like to send to the world? people in america peace love groovy just be nice to everybody be kind that's all i have to say don't be silly prejudice <laughs> don't be an asshole <laughs> thanks man well if you want to sing out sing out and if you want to be free be free because there's a million things to be you know that there are and if you want to live high, live high And if you want to live low, live low Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are Hi, Tiffany here saying thank you for listening to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you haven't already, or it's been a while, check out our website, mtp.dog. There's plenty of information there. An about tab with a little bio on Andrew, myself, and our dog Pele. There's also a van build tab detailing how we did our van conversion. A journal tab and we, as an Andrew, are doing our best to keep that up to date. And last but not least, a contact tab where you can leave your thoughts, suggestions, or questions. You can also contact us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you would like to donate and or subscribe to the cause, you can go to Patreon and GoFundMe at Monkey Tooth Podcast. Patreon is not just a place to subscribe. We post lots of content there as well. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Love to all. You can do what you want. The opportunity's on. And if you find a new way, you can do it today. You can make it all true, and you can make it undo. You see, ah, it's easy. Ah, you only need to know. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free Cause there's a million things to be You know that there are, you know that there are, you know that there are